The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony Corona. Every week here on ACB Media One, that's American Council of the Blind, Media One, and soon after on all your major podcast catchers. Each week, we'll dive into the news, human interest, and discussions about the issues surrounding all of us in and out of the American Council of the Blind community. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday Edition, where I am actually coming to you live from Virginia Beach, Virginia, um, our host, Old Stomping Grounds. Our host this uh, afternoon is Sheila Young. Hey, and welcome. All right. She'll say hello at some point. (laughs) Thank you very much. Good afternoon, everybody. Absolutely. It's cold up here coming from Florida. So um, Chanel is going to be our clubhouse connector Um, later on when we're doing questions and comments. We'll be calling on you guys in both Zoom and clubhouse. Uh, My executive producer extraordinaire is Bryn Lee. Hey, Bryn, how are you? It's too early. (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm sure it's not as cold here as it is by you. How, what's the weather oh, by you? Oh, good Lord. Well, let's see here. So according to my iPhone, um, it is currently 20 degrees here. And <laughs> yeah, uh, the high is supposed to be like 23. So, uh, you know, it could be, it could be warmer. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I went to take Bodie out for his last business last night and we opened the door. It was like 38 degrees or 42 degrees, whatever. And he just looked up at me and was like, nah. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Do you have snow where you're at or is it just cold? No, it's just cold, but it's, it, there's oh, biting, you. biting wind. I forgot, I forgot how much wind there is here in Virginia Beach. Yeah, tell Anyways, me about it. Yeah, right. Um, you know, I wanted to shout out real quick, Bryn. Um, I don't know if you've ever read anything, but the author, Nora Roberts, um, oh, a few yeah. years ago, mm-hmm. she had a series um, of, about witches, and um, it's, it's set in Ireland. It's a absolutely beautiful trilogy, and the main character is Bryn. Really? Um, oh, I'm going yeah. to I'm gonna have to check that out. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> This name uh, that I use now is is a name that uh, there was a girl in my neighborhood uh, when I was like eight years old, and her name was Bryn. And I was like, mm, someday <laughs> I might have to try that name on. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I believe I trust my eight year old self to pick my name. <laughs> so let me just um, get into a couple of announcements before we get into the heart of today's subject. Uh, this week has got a lot of great community calls, and I am absolutely still reeling from last night's karaoke. Oh, my God. We have such talent in the community. And um, I guess all of us were in a frisky kind of mood. It seemed like it, without a, a, a dedicated theme night, it seemed like most of us had picked something sensual or just a little bit titillating um it was just a really really fun night and i was here with my family so we all got to listen and cindy hollis's daughter 
um, premiered for the first time on karaoke. So it was just great. You know, listen to your ACB Media 5 um, on off moments, and you will probably catch that karaoke at some point. But this week, um, I'm announcing two calls. The Multicultural Affairs Committee, um, led by Cheryl Cummings, of course, but featuring Michael Garrett and um, Pam Metz, Gabriel Lopez Cavati, um, on Wednesday are doing a Martin Luther King lessons call. On Tuesday at 8 p.m., the Bits Bites with Apple with presenter Herbie Allen. That's at 8 p.m. Um, East, East Coast time, of course. And he's going to be focusing on using Zoom with Apple products. And since, you know, we've gotten a couple of Zoom updates recently this might be a great refresher or if you never figured out how to change your name when you come into a room all that great stuff and herbie is a pretty cool interesting fun teacher um some of his jokes might fall just slightly flat but no i'm kidding he's he's an awesome teacher and uh i do believe this is a recipe swap week as well right sheila Yes, sir. And it is birthday party time because it is my birthday Wednesday. So first time Ooh. in three years, it's fallen on my birthday. <laughs> wow, that's cool. Well, I, I will make sure I cool. am there. I've got to sing to Good. my president. <laughs> Good. Awesome. Well, happy birthday to you. Thank you. All right. So the topic at hand today is Ira. And I know that there's been some confusing messaging, some messaging that might have saddened or angered some of you guys out there. And as you know, when Sunday edition first started, we had pilot, uh, we had partnered with Ira, we had giveaways, we did some cool stuff at conventions and things. And pre my Sunday edition life, I had consulted with Ira for their New York City MTA pilot program. So, um, and Janine Stanley, I mean, if there's anyone out there that doesn't love Janine or, um, you know, doesn't think that she's just like the greatest, then you probably have a chip on your shoulder. Um, but we're pretty good friends. So I reached out and I said, you know, before this gets too much bigger or too much more, um, too much more dissatisfaction within the community, let's sit down and really talk. And I guess Troy and Janine trusted me enough to ask the right questions. So I sat down with Troy yesterday and recorded this interview. Um, Janine will be joining us. I'm not sure. Troy is doing some remodeling in the house. I'm not sure if they're going to, if Troy will be able to join us for the question and comment period afterwards, but he promised that he will be listening. So without further ado, Bryn, can we roll the tape? All right. Let me just, all right, here we go. Well, I am here with Troy Attilio, the CEO of Ira, and we're going to get to know him a little bit and then get into the topic at hand. Welcome to Sunday Edition, Troy. Thanks, Anthony, and hello, everyone out there, and it's great to uh, connect and be on the show. So full disclosure to our listeners, most of my listeners are um, repeat offenders, so to speak, and they kind of know the history of myself and Sunday Edition. But Sunday Edition and Ira have partnered up quite a few times. I've been a strong supporter of the service and of the company. And I have even consulted pre-Sunday Edition with the company. So um, I am really glad to have this chance to have this conversation for our community at large. But before we get into what everybody really wants to know, um, 
there are quite a few people out there who'd like to get to know you a little bit better. So would you mind telling us a little bit about where you're from, your history? I know you've got a family, whatever you <laughs> feel comfortable sharing with us. Sure. Um, one thing, if uh, you ask friends and coworkers, uh, I consider myself fairly humble, but also very passionate about the work I do. Um, I've been blessed with a really, you know, um, a career that is extended from almost almost before I went to college. I grew up in Silicon Valley, um, and my parents, uh, my mom was a school teacher. My dad worked two jobs, and uh, I think, like like some, money was always an issue. And um, I think for that reason, I really took you know my career very seriously. I didn't want to, you know, be in a position where I kind of, you know, my, my parents ended up, which, which, you know, they, they struggled and, um, and it's kind of funny against the backdrop of uh, the Bay Area and, and Silicon Valley as that, as that whole movement started, I chose to go to school and um, ultimately become a software engineer um, in part, because I just, I like the creative process of engineering. Um, and you know, I was fortunate. I, I went to college in California, and I came out and um, primarily worked startups. So startups are companies that are funded with uh, kind of capital that um, venture capital and venture capital seek to like make lots of money, but they spread the risk over um, a lot of companies. So a lot of companies fail, and some of the companies I worked at failed, and some succeeded, and all the while. Um, I ended up getting married. I, I married my uh, wife, who we met in college as well, and she also happened to be a software engineer. But we raised three daughters in in San Jose and thereabout. And it's in you know, what's that twenty? I think twenty yeah twenty twenty twelve twenty. It's funny. I haven't thought about this in a while. It's roughly in two thousand six we moved to San Diego, and it's there that uh, I decided to go work for a large company. It was the first time I decided to go work in what you might consider a more corporate environment, not a fast-paced startup. And it happened to be Intuit, makers of TurboTax. And I really didn't think I'd like that. I didn't, you know, taxes, not that exciting, um, but ultimately fell in love with the culture there. It's a really great um, working culture. And it's there I met Saman, you know, Simon Kanaganti, who was the founder of, is the founder of Ira. And uh, at that time, he and I worked together. And because of my background in startups and, you know, the kind of my, my um, I guess my reputation at Intuit for being, uh, you know, perhaps a, a bit of a, yeah, I was, I was always, I was always pushing to move fast and, and maybe a little bit of a rebel. I don't know. I don't know how people would characterize it, but um, Saman sought me out and said, Hey, I've got this idea. And by the way, it might mean that I leave into it. What do you think? And he kind of revealed the early ideas about iron. I'm like, gosh, that sounds fantastic. Um, and I, you know, I remember at one point I told him he had done so much work on the business plan that I'm like, Saman, you, you have to go do this. You will never forgive yourself if you don't take the next step. And you know, I'm not saying it's my encouragement alone. I think a lot of people encouraged him, but ultimately he took that step and he sought funding for IRA. 
In fact, I was an early investor, so I, I put some of my own personal money in just because I, I've always, I, you know, I'm, I'm interested in technology solutions and efforts that have a greater purpose. Um, I did some, uh, there's a startup I, I worked at and helped fund that was about um, offsetting, oh, there's that word, uh, it was about turning, you know, burning synthetic gas so it was an alternative energy play just because i thought like hey grow business but also have some secondary benefits um so ultimately Saman started the business um as you all know and um, i was an advisor early on yeah and yeah and and so what, what did that look like that meant i was meeting with Saman and the team probably on a weekly basis to kind of help uh help them form their plans hire design the product, um, but at a very light touch. And it was about the time that my youngest daughter, Isabel, was going off to college that I turned to my wife, Jennifer, and I said, uh, you know, I think I'd like to go back to a small company environment um, where the, the pace of change is high and the impact is high. It's going to be more hours because, um, you know, to it, like large companies, you can afford to you know keep your hours under 45, 50 hours a week and obviously spend more time with the family, which is was the priority, right? Because I had a, a family. Um, but now, you know, I had a little more time. And so it turns out I ended up looking at maybe 20, 30 different companies to join. All the while, I'm advising Simone and I'd come home at night or whatever, I'd, I'd be talking to to colleagues, or I'd be talking to Jennifer, and and I'd be talking about Ira, and like it's so silly. At one point, I'm gonna give Jennifer the credit. She's like, I don't understand why you're looking for the great next company when, in fact, you keep talking about Ira. Why don't you go join Ira? And it was just <laughs> a, it was just a um, light bulb guess, moment. <laughs> it was a light bulb moment, and I, you know, I felt like so, like I, I just sat there for a second. I'm like, yeah. And Simone and I debate the history here. What I remember, I remember calling him the next day going, Simon, I'm coming to the office. I've got a proposal for you, and you can't say no. Simon remembers calling me or pitching me in the office saying, hey, we, we have a need for a senior, a senior role. Either way, um, I joined, uh, you know, basically in, in year one of IRA, you know, as a full-time, at that time, chief operating officer. Um, and, you know, play that role all the way through uh, till we had to restructure, which we can talk about later. But, yeah, my, my history is, uh, you know, mostly a California kid. Um, you know, I've always enjoyed my career. But at the same time, like, like a lot of people, you know, I, I really, you know, have a lot of family values around, uh, you know, my, my, my three daughters. I like to play tennis. I'm uh, a hiker. I like to get into the ocean, even though I'm a little bit out of shape now, and uh, I can't I can't do anything too aggressive like surfing, and um, you know read books and you know do everything else like I think most people do, and but today you know you know ever since I um, took over, especially as CEO, you know like my number one focus uh, I'd have to say is is Ira because I'm we're just so excited about like what we've been able to do since kind of transitioning it from a, a venture-backed company to one that's self-sustaining. 
Well, we're going to circle back to Ira in a few minutes. If you don't mind, can we have a little bit more fun with you on the personal level? Sure. All right. Well, let me ask you one that I, I ask often. What was the last book that really impacted you in some way and why? Ooh, um, I think I think I'm going to go back a little bit because it's the one I, I preach the most at at Ira, and it's really about how to think about product, and it's called the Lean Startup, and it's mm. it's um, it's by Eric Reese. It's a pretty short read. I think it can be applied to not just product, but it can be applied to a life philosophy, and it's and it's really it gets down to. Um, how do you evolve and make change quickly and deliver the most value? And it talks about um, like the traditional thinking is, is more drawn out. The traditional way that products were created, um, I would say, you know, this book came out maybe, maybe 10 years ago. So, but it's still the one, if you ask me, it, it's probably changed me the most. It used to be that um, to create a new product or evolve a product, you do it over a long period. You do like a, you take a year to yeah. design and decide. And um, the challenge with that is that the market changes so rapidly. Yeah. yeah, and and secondly, you can kind of get into an echo chamber where you start believing everyone has groupthink, and it's not until that your product or your ideas or your communication meets the actual intended audience that you get the true feedback, and. If you're going to address that, then you have to iterate on a shorter cycle and you have to think about ways that you can test your ideas without implementing them. You know, the classic one they talk about is um, you, you probably experienced this before. You're on a website, there's a product, you read about it and you click, I want to buy it and says, oh, the product's not available, but um, you can get on our waiting list. What they're really doing there, that's a, um, it's called a, uh, a dry test. So they're creating mm -hmm. a concept and they're measuring whether or not people actually the want it by you know how many people yep. click through um so that that's that's one of the books that i think has been uh been, been i think instrumental um there's another book by a leader called um or a, i guess you call him a consultant um patrick lencioni called the advantage and that one talks about or it gets into you know how to form a high-performing organization, and it centers around the concept of trust. And uh, that one has been also very influential. In fact, it, it, if we talk long enough, that you could see where um, elements of that show up in the way that I hope to run Ira, because I talk about it all the time. I think the biggest value Ira has is the trust with the community. And with that trust, it we can collectively move more efficiently. In fact, it kind of, again, that relates to pricing. Cause I think um, at some level, um, not even some level, I think what I learned is the trust was impacted by the way that we rolled out the pricing. And, you know, that's, you know, that's unfortunate. And then we learn from that. Um, that goes back to the lean startup books for moving fast. And, uh, you know, we made some mistakes and it's really about how quickly we can recover. Um, and avoid those in the future. But those are, yeah, those are the two books I would I would point to, Patrick Lencioni, The Advantage, and Eric Ries, uh, Lean Startup. 
So I'll do one more fun one and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes. Um, what would Jennifer and your daughters say is your most fun characteristic or, or quality? And what would they say is your most frustrating? We'll start with most frustrating so we can end on, on something good. And we don't, we don't really have enough time to get into all of them, of course. But uh, I would say one of them is, uh, interestingly enough, is that I'm always changing my mind or always um, moving too quickly. And I'll give you a silly one. Um, you know, I'm always screwing around with the technology that we have at home, like, you know, the TV and the Alexas and, and how you turn on the lights. And or if we're going on a trip, uh, sometimes I'll see a better deal, you know, a different location. And, you know, I'll, ch I'll change my mind a lot on 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 that. Um, I think they find that's frustrating. There's certainly others. But I was just reminded of that the other day because, uh, well, I, I changed something and we were gone for the weekend and no one could use the TV. Um, so let's see, uh, what, what would they say? What, what was the prompt? What's one of my better characteristics? I think they appreciate, uh, they, well, that's what they tell me, um, that I'm creative and willing to adapt and listen. My dad was a very patient man. He was a great listener. He always had a lot of, um, friends who would call, call him for advice. And I'd like to think I, Learn some of that to be a to be a good listener, and to be open minded. Um, I don't. Even if I make a decision, I think I've learned that you have to be willing to change your mind based on new information. Some people yeah. get st stuck on their position, right? They don't want to look foolish by having to uh, backtrack or from, yeah, yeah. In fact, there's an there's another good book on negotiation which tries to separate uh, position from interest. Um, so, you know, an interest is, you know, I want security. I want, I want a certain outcome. A position is how you do it. And I think often we, it's, it's human nature to get stuck on a, on a position for fear that you're going to look weak to your constituency. Yeah. Um, so I think those are, those are ones, uh, if, if I, if I were to ask them and I'll, I'm going to ask them again tonight, let's see what, see if I get the right answer. But, uh, I think, I think that's what they would say. Well, email me if they say anything shocking that you want to share. Uh, I will. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So before we get into the rollout um, and how the community is feeling and where Iris stands at the moment, can you refresh us on the transition period when you really stepped up and, and changed the model, so to speak, and, and you know, kind of took are over you, the chief operating about? Indian? <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I'm sorry, Anthony, are you talking about in 2020 when I became CEO? And we yes. Kind of moved? Yes. Okay. I've said this before, and it's not, I just mentioned it in case, uh, you know, this isn't, this isn't, is not new information, just maybe a time people are a little more interested. You know, in the first five or six years of IRA, Simon and, and his team, which I was part of, you know, raised about $38 million to create what you saw at I mean, I'm going to say the start of 2020, technically the transition was in February, um, right before the pandemic. And that $38 million went into all kinds of things. It went into the glasses, it went into AI, it went into software development, it went into marketing. 
And it also went into basically providing IRA for free for what, you know, or at a cost less than what it took to produce. Um, so that combined 38 million was a great head start, honestly, right? And uh, the other thing to realize is it was hard money to raise because there is no precedent. There was no company prior to IRA of significance that venture capitalists, which are like bankers, could look to and say, ah, I see, like, there's there's success in this market. You can make a profitable business by prepaying the money and then and then watching it grow. There just wasn't that track record. I mean, there, there, there are certain examples. But nonetheless, the venture capitalists, capitalists that we found did have a passion for accessibility, did have a passion for the community, and believed in this, this idea, right? The idea of independence and, and the technology that was, that was powering it. Um, but that all came to a halt. And we can go into the details why, but you know, the, the job of venture is to find companies that can grow at a 10X rate. That's typically yeah. the number that they're looking for. Um, and we weren't growing at a 10X rate. And ultimately um, we were growing, right? And we were being successful. Um, that level of funding support was discontinued. And the company, frankly, was set to go out of business. And I think a lot of us, at that time, there was over 100 employees. A lot of us just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I remember, you know, being awake at night and I'm going, gosh, this doesn't seem right. Like we've taken millions of calls and, and you know, this is a super valuable service and we're starting to have success selling it to businesses, which, you know, Kevin and I, Kevin, uh, you know, Phelan and I were like the yeah. primary folks to, to take over the company. Like we're doing the math, like this thing can really take off and scale. We just have to make some changes. And then at some point, um, remember I was chief operating officer. Um, so I spent a lot of time in spreadsheets and do finance and I worked at CFO. I'm like, can we, can we put this thing back together and actually make it, you know, um, you know, break even or better, right? Like, cause you know, at the end of the day, you got to pay your agents, you got to pay your software engineers, you got to do all the things. What, what would it look like? And so I tinkered with that sheet for a good week and had a couple models. And I'm like, Hey, Kevin, Hey, Saman, like this, look, this could, this could fly. Like if we did this and this and this, and you, you accept these assumptions about growth, um, especially in the access area. And, and it's with that, we, um, we made a bid for the company. And as you know, um, in, in February of 2020, ownership was, was transferred um, from the venture capital group to, uh, you know, a, um, a company I put together, which is uh, called Blue Diego. It doesn't really matter what the name is, but, you know, we kind of consider that an employee takeover. And then we started making the changes you, you may remember, right? We had to cut the glasses. We had to dramatically cut five-minute free. Behind the scenes, we unfortunately had to let go a lot of staff. Um, yeah. You know, the, the marketing department got cut to almost zero. And, you know, we, we, we made a lot of cuts. And then the pandemic hit. Um, so, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't clear even afterwards, uh, that we, we took over that. And despite like this new model that, you know, we were going to make it, um, 
even though we got up every day very positive and very excited. And I know it's going to sound corny. Um, maybe, maybe not, maybe not to others. I'll tell you what kept us going, and it's just the absolute truth is this is such a unique service because it is a human to human. And as you know, we record sessions for quality purposes, right? And yeah. I personally review a lot of those sessions. I review the good ones. I review the really, uh, you know, the ones that don't, aren't so good. And you just can't look away from that. I think at other companies I've been at software, like, you know, the customers through a bunch of stats about how many people are filing TurboTax returns or where they get stuck or the size of the refund, but you don't, you don't really know the people. You don't feel like you're making the same difference. And so I'd say for myself and many others, uh, it was a lot of hours, right? We were understaffed by far and all of us just worked very tirelessly, um, you know, through, through that period, through 2020 and, and even 2021. But no, that leading up to that, um, it was a, it was a two different companies. In fact, internally, we refer to the, you know, the VC backed era as IRA 1.0. And then I would say up through 2022, we'll call that IRA 2.0, where we we're just looking to adapt to this new model and do enough to kind of, you know, break even or not lose too much money such that, uh, you know, we could get to the point we were at the start of uh, 2022. So I, I think this would be a good moment to segue off the main path for a second. Talk to, talk to our listeners about how, um, I don't want to say difficult, but how challenging it can be to convince municipalities, um, companies to to offer IRA access and, and what an uphill battle that was for the company. You know, at some point it did seem like you guys had, you know, caught fire, so to speak, and, and you know, airports mm -hmm. were coming on board. Mm -hmm. Boston, New York City, which is where I consulted, um, yes. you know, there was some real, you know, rapid fire growth in that area, yeah. but yeah. that comes with thousands and thousands of hours of, of manpower, so to speak. So talk to the listeners a little about that challenge. Sure. Um, and by the way, this is a, a topic I talked a long time about because it is still the, the challenge, right? It's gotten easier, but at the end of the day, we are pioneering a new concept, right? It's a new idea. It's never been seen before. So at the end of the day, when you roll up to an individual who might be in a decision-making role, might be in an advisory role, you first just have to educate them. Yeah. And unfortunately, I would say, as I've learned, because I was new to this, uh, the disability market, if you will, or accessibility, however you want to talk about it. I was the first company, frankly, that I ever thought long and hard about the challenges and what it meant. I mean, I, you know, large companies, you, you talk about web accessibility and you, 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 you understand it, but you don't empathize with it. You don't really see it, if you will. And that's a, that's a yet another topic we can get into, but um, you're talking There's to not people. a human touch on it. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking to people who first off, they don't even understand blindness or low vision. They don't know what it means. They come with assumptions just like, frankly, Ira came with assumptions. We came with the assumption that Ira was for navigation. And yes, mm -hmm. it's a great, it's a great use case. But as I like to point out, it's only about fifteen percent of our calls, even pre-COVID. Um, it's it's an important one. But so you're you're dealing with someone who's got certain assumptions, 
have never thought about, um, you know, what, what it means uh, to not have all of the information, then you have to describe how it works. And there is also apprehension from folks anytime you take on a new solution, even, even it goes often and said, there's an apprehension about like, well, I want to know that I'm not going to make a blunder here, a faux pas, if you will. I want to know that this service is supported by the community. I don't want to show up in the, the news that somehow this is not an appropriate solution. I think people, um, you know, are very concerned about being first, right? Because there's a lot of risk. And, um, and so we were successful with one airport and then we got two, but to your point, we probably called on 20 or 25, had probably meetings with 10 or 20 more before we get one. So that's just a lot of time and effort, presentations. And oftentimes what it looks like is you end up, quote, selling one person only to find out that they don't the have the budget. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, all right, well, I'm going to introduce this to my boss. We have our next meeting next month. And then you hear back, well, yeah, we didn't get to that in the meeting. Um, we'll, we'll get to it next month. And then you have other situations where people move around in the business. So pioneering sale is challenging, whether it's a product for accessibility or any new product. Um, and it's why you know, we stayed in the vertical of airports because, well, first off, the consumers, uh, you all told me that's a really awesome use case. But once you have success with a few, then your reputation helps you secure more. And so the but I mean, even say for the airports, we're not satisfied. I I, I think we're in about 60% of large hubs, but we're not in Atlanta, um, which is a frustrating one because it's the largest airport. Mm -hmm. And without getting into the details, um, yeah, there's a there's a different belief by the, the person who would make the decision there that that person kind of stands alone in terms of their rationale for not uh, launching with, with IRA or supporting IRA. Um, that one sticks in my craw, as you can tell. And so, so it can take a lot of time. And so as we get into more verticals, I think Starbucks is a, a great re retailer that followed on from Bank of America. Uh, it's the same story. So whether it's Target, um, Starbucks, Bank of America, TD Bank, the retail experience is one that also takes a lot of discussion. Um, a lot of companies want to believe believe, you know, maybe, maybe it's true um, that their website or their, um, their in-store experience is accessible enough. And the pioneers have learned or think differently. They think, hey, it's not about just one solution, one approach. It's a multi-layered solution. I like to consider IRA for those use cases. There's a little bit of a backstop. So IRA's there when conventional native accessibility is not available. It's there to augment the experience, right? And yeah. it's really not that expensive. And by the way, it's it's easy to deploy. So ultimately, um, I think these pioneers, uh, you know, we should, and I know we do, you know, we iron, I think the consumers as well, we should celebrate them because I can tell you the other retailers are kind of watching and they're listening. And and when those Waiting. leaders yeah. from, yeah, they, they, they talk, right? And so- yeah more successful the early the early versions are than the uh the more that will follow so before we get back onto the main path so to speak I, I think a lot of folks in the community 
were wondering along the way um, you went into the, you know, the transit markets themselves, municipalities, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what a great, um, what a great way to offset such, you know, so much of the paratransit yes. issues that we face yes. around the country. Um, any idea why it didn't take off bigger than, than it did? And I'm not giving judgment on it because I actually, I applaud you guys. I know how much work went into New York. So I applaud yes. you for taking yeah. those steps, but any personal thoughts on why it didn't take well, off bigger and better? I, I think two things. Um, one, we, we probably would have been way more successful except for when COVID hit, that really changed yeah. the, was it, COVID back probably had, had some positives, right? I think it opened up people's minds in general about change, right? Like look at the dramatic change the world went through. Talk about a lean startup experience, right? We all had to like deal with a brand new way of living. But for transit organizations in particular, the ridership was down and they were just scrambling to um, figure out how to adapt. And right or wrong, um, adding IRA was not a priority. Their budgets were declining. Um, and so we we backed away from investing those hours and hours and hours on transit. And you know, quite frankly, we haven't we haven't re-engaged. We haven't chosen to go after those directly. Everything that you're probably seeing in terms of new transit is up till now has come from inbound requests. But even without COVID, working with a transit authority, they are large, slow-moving, you know, bureaucratic organizations by design almost, right? Because it's such a um, commodity. It's such a uh, you know, like like we MTA or whether or in in Boston, like it just takes a lot of time. They're not used to moving quickly. Like they 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 operate on multi year timescales. And then I will even say, sadly, the budgets for accessibility, in my humble opinion, are don't aren't proportional to other expenses. That's just my judgment. Like sometimes when I look at the when the budget is revealed, sometimes it's there because it's public information. It's such a small percentage of their overall spend, and it's already been it's already been allocated. So Ira rolls up, now. Ira rolls up, and um, you know we can deploy this service. You know, we we have we can we can adjust the amount of service based on the um, the need. But I can tell you, sometimes it is surprising when cost becomes a factor. It's just compared to their overall budget, it's not that much. It's just that those accessibility budgets haven't been expanded and they don't have a great process for expanding. So I guess that kind of brings us to a couple of months ago, um, or at least what seems like a couple of months ago to, you know, explorers and, and the community at large. Mm -hmm. Um you're contemplating different ways of of keeping the company and and growing the company, which you know you can't mm -hmm. you can't sustain on a plateau. You have to grow. We all mm -hmm. we definitely all get that. So, can, what can you share with us about the decisions that were made structurally, and then we'll get into yeah. the communications rollout. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm just going to start by saying I, I don't want it to come after you know I. I put out a, a statement uh, on the newsroom, and I'll repeat it here, that, you know, we could have, we should have and could have done this much better. And and I think what I heard back, um, and it's obvious now, that the way we communicated and the way that we uh, 
asks you to interact with IRA and get the new pricing information did not meet your needs and was very frustrating. Um, that's, you know, we own that, I own that. Um, you know, we've made some adjustments and we'll also remember that for any time we do another change, right? That's that's one for sure. The second one, um, I think comes back to how we allocated our time, especially in working with the community. Um, for example, you, Anthony, right? Like, I think we would have benefited from spending more time with you on the pricing details or Eric or Dan or, or other people, like we, we were pretty heads down um, and we'll talk about that, but I just wanted to get not that out yeah. of the way, but I just wanted to be very clear. Um, you know, I've copied to... your statement to the outgoing um, posts okay, very and, and yeah. press releases for this, for this show. So folks can read it if they haven't gotten a chance. And, and I made my own personal statement. I think you did a great job in, in your mea culpa and, you know, I don't know you well as a person, but I believe it. I I do based upon your, your actions and our few interactions. Well, thank you. Yeah. And everybody I mean, can read it. It's out there for, you know, anybody listening, just go look at the show notes and, and you got it. And and to that point, I would say, you know, I, that's how I operate. I, I trust you. I trust anyone new initially, and then your actions tell me which way to go. And and I hope it's through our actions and, and our words, but you know, I think the actions matter, and um, and that's 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 what I hope you judge us on, you know, in the past and and currently and in the future. And and yeah, our actions didn't meet the needs and the expectations, and and you know, therefore I'm saying yeah, like we 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 by the way we take it very personally and emotionally in a way that we're very proud of the product and we very much. Uh, I say we, I'm talking about agents, I'm talking about my my yeah. staff. I think everyone at the company is here um, because they align with the mission. Um, and and therefore, when when there's a, a gap, a mistake, or something we had hoped to do that we don't produce, it yeah, we 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 take it on the chin just like everyone else. Like I think uh, you know, there are some there are some internal disappointment when we realized that we we hadn't rolled this out in the best way. Um, so back to your question. So I would say sometime in early 2022, um, in looking at the business, you know, we still recognize and we say it out loud, the, the growth is going to come from access and ultimately a path towards some more general federal funding, just like you see for other services, like I talk about for ASL. Um, that's the long-term path. But the goal with uh, subscribers and individuals is to provide a low, as low as possible cost service that we can we can support as we grow overall. We can invest more in free, or we can invest more in offsets, but. The plans that we had as we you know had to look at the numbers and and decide what we're going to do in 2023 and, and beyond just weren't there like if you if you mapped it out over time um we couldn't sustain at least for the next year or two uh some of the plans and, and you know we had plans that were uh and i'm just going to look here um you know we had some plans that you know if you look at it on a permanent basis were as low as 20 cents a minute. So those are the sunset plans. There's a couple like really old plans and, you know, there's some explorers on there that have been there 
been there forever for us and we totally appreciate their business but oh sorry my partner and i were one and yeah I maybe it. when um, it first came you know, when the announcement first came out we were like your uh-oh. your legacy customers the ones that have been advocating for yeah, you for seven I mean, six seven years come on but god uh you know that's a that's a tough call right that's a that's a yeah. tough one because you definitely want to reward uh everyone who's been with us for a long time um yet even operationally like gosh we have all these plans doing the analysis and just and the operational side of it and the economics and so we came up with some principles about we want to coalesce the plans we want to coalesce the plans to the current um plans that we know about like there's uh you know the the, the uh, intro there's the um advanced and, and and the one that's in between you know 30 120 and 300 minutes we said let's get everyone who's with us today on those plans or they can get a new plan um at the same price and that's our way of really um expressing our gratitude and and uh bringing along the folks who've been with us but then let's come up with new plans. Wait, say that again. I think that's really important. People need to understand that. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. So for everyone who's out there listening today, you have you can get on pricing that is going to go away, but it's very affordable pricing relative to our newer plans. And you can stay on those plans through 2023 and by and just 100%. I want to be also clear. We haven't said that at the end of 2023, 23, those plans are going away. It's just we're not committing because I don't have the crystal ball that I wish I had. I can't say what's going to happen at the end of 23. But um, ultimately, there's three public plans, which I'll go into. And then there's even at a better rate, I'm looking at the rate sheet right now, there's two ACB plans that you can get onto and stay on through 2023 and maybe beyond. Um, and we can talk about this. So you can get on those plans. They are at the same prices and will stay at the same price that was there in 2022 and 2021. I mean, the price is unchanged. I mean, maybe that's the the hidden mic drop is if you get on any of our, I guess as ACB members, you have five choices. Pricing has not changed for you. So let's, let's maybe you just roll those out. So you have the ACB intro plan, which is $20 a month for 30 minutes. And you have the ACB enhanced plan, which is $99 for 140 minutes. Okay, so you can you can sign up for those by calling support just like you would have, you know, back in December or back in July. Nothing, nothing has really changed there. Um, what's changed again is there's some newer plans, which we can talk about, but those are, you know, more expensive. So you know, yeah, and we'll sense. get into those a little later on with Janine yeah. when she joins us. Yeah. And yeah, she'll probably like, she's the one who usually rolls these out, but the, you know, the, the, um, the intro plan uh, today is if you didn't want the ACB plan, um, you could, you could get, but it, frankly, it's, it's $10 more. So, so the intro plan is 30 minutes for 29 versus the ACB intro, which is 30 minutes for 20. And, um, and then the uh, advanced plan, the 300 minute plan um, is, Still the same price it was back in July if you sign up before the end of the month, which is $199. So those prices haven't changed. And we did that again because uh you wanted to have something for the legacy customers to yeah, I, I was gonna make a bigger, and... yeah, 
Uh, the bigger yeah. statement is, frankly, it's the community that in part, not everyone, and I'm not asking for everyone, but there are individuals in the community who are sometimes the impetus for us getting an access offer. So I recognize, and I talk about a lot, it's a, it's a more complex business model, but the support of the community really drives the access business and the access business and hopefully federal funding then lowers the cost overall. And so if you build that up over time, um, that, that's our strategy. And that's, that's how we're going to keep the cost low and maybe someday even lower because um, of that, of the growth in both uh, individuals, whether guest or paid, and therefore then the growth in access and ultimately leading to federal. So I'm going to ask a couple of hard questions. Um, I know that you guys will be on with main menu this coming Wednesday, and that's conversation is going to be more centered around advocacy. But um, I think a lot of questions that came into Sunday edition revolved around, you know, if Ira came to the consumer organizations, especially ACB, to promote the service, to get people, to get our community using it, to introduce it, why didn't you come to us to help for advocating and to help, you know, for advocating for access or even at state, local or federal levels for funding? Well, that's going to come. Um, we haven't, because ultimately, you know, critique it or not, the priorities we've had were, have been on our own growing the access business. And I do, you know, I know, I know Eric may be listening. I, I do chat with Eric from time to time, but we'd love to do more. And it's just, just really comes down to hours in the day at our current staffing level. Um, as you'll see, we're going to be uh, in fact, this is, I, I think we've announced this. Uh, well, I, I said it in the um, in the press room. We haven't posted it yet, but we have a job description going up, a, a hire. So anyone out there um, who thinks this is a, a great role for them, you know, we're going to be hiring someone and we haven't decided on the title yet of the, of the role, but it's a VP level job whose two outcomes are going to be literally to engage the community, just exactly what you said. And then with the community, not on, on our own, figure out what are the best approaches to generating more interest and access and ultimately what would it look like to um, develop federal funding for visual interpretation, whether it's IRA or someone else. We just believe, I believe that until visual interpretation is a, a standard and something you expect, just like audio descriptions or wheelchair ramps or ASL, like it's, yeah. it's still going to be. So, so why didn't we, it just comes down to resourcing and time. And, um, you know, the fact is we, we, we still have a fairly lean staff. Um, and so, but we are in a position now to hire. And so we will be engaged, have more time and focus more on engaging. Should have we done more of it? Yeah. In hindsight, yes. And that was a mistake. And, you know, we, we'd probably go back and have to make some priority changes on, but we can't. So we're going to look at how we do it going forward. Do you think if the pandemic hadn't hit or if it hadn't hit as hard as it did, you would have come to that realization a lot earlier? I don't know if I'd put the pandemic in it, in, in that. I think the, let's see, the pandemic did one thing, by the way, I still have to be clear and it was just me being transparent. It 
generate a lot of business in the university space, in the employment space, because the mechanism for providing the kind of support that Ira can provide, like human to human, let's say, um, changed because, you know, folks couldn't go into the office and, you know, get get assistance, um, you know, in those cases they needed it, they were at home. Same with the university student. And it did change the way people think. Um, it also suppressed some um, budgets on, on different um, businesses and, and government side. So it was kind of a, a mixed bag there. Yeah. As we get to better staffing levels within IRA, which comes out of growing and, and more access, um, I think you'll see us hire more and you will see us engage more. So it's a, it's kind of a, a step by step. And so if the pandemic, you know, hadn't hit, gosh, who knows? Yeah, we might, we might've been further along in our growth phase and we might've had, you know, larger staffing and, and it's, by the way, it's very clear internally to us that we would benefit from spending more time and focus with the community, with, with the individuals, with the, um, the consumers, if you will. We've just made up to this point a very explicit choice on prioritizing the access side of things because we know that that's ultimately where you know we can get faster footing. It's you know I've said it and stronger time. growth, yeah, and, and more stable, things. stronger growth, yeah. It's I, stable I don't. As well. We we this 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 service alone is not going to grow from the checkbooks and the. The funding from individuals it's just yeah um it, 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 we know that and so that's why we, we make some explicit turn that's why i talk about it out loud here just so i hope people see the connection right like as we grow that but 100 percent, we need to and will um you know starting next month you know with this this next hire um you know start to do more in the space of consumers because it's 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 necessary and it's going to have a ton of value. So I want to go in this direction and I structured the conversation this way to kind of build towards where what we're going to talk about now. Um, I I've read just about everything I could get my hands on since you know the initial um, and you know I put a posting up and and there was mm-hmm. quite a bit of chatter about it. I spoke about it on one of our previous Sunday editions. Um, and so I think, and you and I spoke before we yep. came on air, um, I think I've got a really strong grasp of the thought process. And God, I wish you would have called me <laughs> because I would have given you some <laughs> advice. But talk to the listeners on, you know, we all know it's a debacle. So, and you've given me a culpa and I'm going to give you an opportunity at the very end of the call to to give a personal that they can hear from your voice but talk to uh, talk to us about why you decided to why Ira decided to have customers go through this step process to get to a final information um, piece. Okay, I'm going to simplify it a little bit. It, it really came down to maybe two or three things. Our biggest concern when we talk. To like, we got lots of beta testers, and we do talk to the community. Like, you just don't see it, like, but we we have a lot of folks that we stay in touch with. Um, we'd love to do more, but the focus really just really came down to what 
what's appropriate to charge individuals. When I say appropriate, um, there's a little bit like obviously we can we have a little bit of a knob, like we can say we don't want the plants to be profitable, we want them to be profitable. We we can talk about that, but what what's what's the right pricing and what what level minutes, what plan minutes? Like we really focus on what are the best packages. That was that was a priority. Um, we we also are aware of the challenge with access that our access buyers sometimes get confused with the subscriber pricing because the subscriber pricing, and let's talk about the pricing that was in 2022, is significantly less expensive than, you know, let's say what Starbucks pays or Bank of America pays or what any of the employers like Microsoft or Amazon pays or, or airports pay. Like when they see the subscriber pricing, they're like, oh, I, I, that's, that's what I want to buy right there. And we're like, hmm, that's really pricing that we're choosing to provide because, you know, we're, we're looking to grow the community. Um, the pricing that we believe is appropriate, and I think you'll still find value in, is over here. So look at those two numbers. And so um, it's not to say we're trying to, to hide anything, but for, for reasons that you might imagine, we took the consumer pricing off of our, website, I think back in February last year. So, yep. you, you know, it wasn't up there. Um, you had to call and, in to get it. Yep. Yeah, you had to call in to get it. Um, people it was, it was people a, seem to forget that because, you know, for the last seven months, it, it wasn't, you know, the end of October, Thanksgiving, November, whenever the actual mm -hmm. announcement came out, the consumer pricing wasn't on the website since February. Yes. And so we, you know, so it just wasn't in our field of view. Like it wasn't in our thinking like, oh, new pricing, we should put it on the website. Like it was just like, well, status quo, we'll, we'll, we'll have people call in. But there was also some thought on this. And uh, I would say there's some benefit and had we done a better job explaining to the consumers if the trust was higher, I think maybe less people would have been critical. But I really wanted to, and I'll, I'll say I, um, I wanted us to engage the customer in this discussion because, gosh, you got new pricing. I don't know how people are going to react despite talking to, you know, 20, 30, 50, 100 folks on the new pricing. It's a large user base, right? And didn't know how people were going to interpret it. And we added some complexity, right? We said, oh, there's just retail pricing, but now you can get offset pricing if you're an individual. And so at one point, we had a lot of questions we were going to ask folks. And we said, well, let's get down to the very few just so we can under want to know how people are reacting and, and um, understand because as I think we all know, the pricing at IRA hasn't changed since 2018 like, yeah. or, or before. So we knew this would just be a dramatic change. Um, and so the thinking, at least at that time, was, well, let's, let's have people call into care. It's going to be laborious, but that way we can guarantee that we're answering all the questions and that we're getting the feedback. Cause by the way, if we don't have this right, you go back to, if you guys, if anyone was listening to the beginning of the, the uh, this, this discussion, one of the books I mentioned is lean startup. It's about, it's about reacting quickly and, and evolving and not um, putting all your eggs in one basket, if you will, over a long period of time. And so the idea was if those interactions went poorly in the beginning, then we would make quick adjustments um, I think you saw one of those adjustments, by the way, so I'm getting a little bit off topic, but in those discussions, we realized we had made another mistake, which is 
we hadn't maintained our current 2022 pricing with the add-on minutes. People were like, hey, wait a minute. I, I can only buy add-on minutes at this higher price. I thought you guys said you weren't going to change pricing or that legacy customers would have access. And we're like, oh, yeah, you're right. So we added that back. So that was a benefit of having this, you know, this call it cumbersome um, experience, especially in the first two days. Because the first two days of the pricing rollout, we didn't have enough agents to answer people within 10 minutes to 20 <laughs> minutes. Um, oh, yeah. But it did, it did. Um, and we were also holding our breath there, like, well, is this, is this going to be every day? But on day three, the wait times were back to normal. And, um, and we kind of worked through that, that bubble, if you will, even though, you know, even though I think uh, in hindsight, you know, if we had that crystal ball, we would have done differently. Or had we had Anthony uh, advising us, uh, we, you know, we, we might have caught that and, and did something different. But it was, it was really just to get that early interaction. And then the other dilemma we have, um, you know, software takes engineers to manage and, and, and operate. And, you know, the engineering staff I had, we had to make a choice. Do we invest in the pricing change? Do we put more effort into having multiple plans in the app? Do we put, do we invest more time in the website or do we continue working on our desktop product? Do we continue working on the new mobile version, which is really the future? Um, you know, what's, what's the priority and, and the call that, that we made was um, we'll, we'll focus on the future with our, with our tech team and we'll manage through this by using care as our tool, right? Customer care. Um, and, uh, and that's just a choice, a choice we made at the time. Um, and so that's, that's what led to the decision to announce, Hey, there's new pricing, there's retail pricing, there's an offset price. And if you call into care and you're an individual, you can get to the offset price. So I hope I answered that. I mean, there's probably more things that went into it, but um, those those are the primary, uh, you know, primary drivers around that decision. So I know that um, it's the weekend, and you're generously giving um, us your time. Can I have a few more of your minutes? Oh yeah, please, please go. Uh, yeah, this is super awesome. super important. I appreciate uh, you taking the time, Anthony. So if I if I were to sum that up, it, it was basically a thought process of let's have a human explain to a human, let's get some feedback, let's let's have a dialogue rather than posting it, you know, here's what's happening, you know, good luck, folks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and you knowing, by the way, uh, I just have to say, like, maybe th this is where I think the community discussion can come in play. It's hard to communicate. Um, not everyone reads everything. And so we what we find is a lot of people go word of mouth. And yeah. through word of mouth, the message changes. And so we know from these interactions, these human to human interactions, which by the way, is at the core of IRA. I'm going to have to tell you that part of it was uh, our principle around human to human first. Um, right. That, that it, it was really about, you know, that clarity, but you said it better than I did and more succinctly. And, and thank you for, uh, for pointing that out. No, absolutely. So, you mentioned a couple of times in the conversation that, you know, you have ongoing dialogues with persons in the community. Mm -hmm. And I most certainly can attest to that as I gave the disclaimer at the top of the, uh, the top mm -hmm. of the conversation. Um, 
but some folks wrote into Sunday edition and wanted to know were there focus groups and and I'm I'm adjusting this com- there was like maybe four or five co- questions around the same kind of topic um and and so based on what you've already given us were there focus groups and it, you know if you were going to go for the human to human why not get a feedback first before the initial yeah. announcement and rollout so let's see so first off everyone that we engage with especially on things like that this are under nda and and so they can't reveal who they are and equally i'm not going to reveal who they are especially absolutely yeah so so yes there was there was there was interaction was it enough clearly not um clearly not because we missed the whole again we assume that the we assume that most of the focus would be on the actual prices um, and and these these new plans. Like you know why you know why is it uh, why is the silver two star um, with a thirty minute plan with the offset fifty right when before it was much less. Like we thought that would be the focus, um, and we thought maybe the other focus would be. Hey, you have a 300 minute plan, a 500 plan. Why don't you have a 400 minute plan? Or how did you decide at 300? Why, you know, like that's that's where the a lot of the and I think the miss for us was maybe not pressing hard enough on the communication piece of it. I should say it it is right. Like clearly, it is that that was where we we missed. Um, could we have done a more public? And and by the way, that piece could have been without NDA because what we were really trying not to do is we changed our pricing like 20 times over the course of you know four or five months and didn't want to whipsaw the community about these different you know outcomes but yeah certainly we could have without sharing what the numbers were we could have had a more public dialogue in hindsight and so that's something uh, my staff came up with like in the future let's separate out the information we don't want to get out early versus things that really don't matter right like um what i mean by don't matter like can be public we could have we could have said hey community you know um on a, on a larger forum we're, we're going to produce this concept of offset we're going to do this concept of retail and here's our plan and then folks would have said no way you got to put that on the website or you you know you've got to do it this way we didn't engage that way we we, we kind of had a much more a much smaller audience to talk about and focus on the numbers versus the communication. Based upon our conversation, it's 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 apparent that you know you or the team itself thought that um, by doing it this way, the community would you know internally recognize that you were going for the human to human, and you were trying to soften the blow by giving us the human interaction. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to insult you by asking you, you know, have you learned from this? Because it's clear, it's clear you have. So um, yeah, it it is. And and I'll say another thing, you've heard me talk about trust and trust comes from transparency, at least as long as I'm leading IRA, um, I'm going to be as transparent as I can up to the level of discomfort. Some leaders, hey, anytime you're leading an organization or 
an effort. Uh, there's a challenge with transparency because when you share things and you get it wrong or when you share things and you have to backtrack, that can look like weakness, that can look like um, inefficiency. Um, and there's a risk in that because you don't know how you're acting. So in full, but what I see now is like, that is our brand. I have a lot of people come up to me and say, Troy, I love your leadership or here's what I really appreciate about Ira. You guys are very transparent and therefore you have my trust. You know, another thing we looked at is like, hey guys, by not being more, quote, transparent, not being more explicit about our pricing or how and why we're doing it, we, we kind of violated our own values. You can go Google Ira values and you can see the values that this company has run on. And that's one of them. And I think that was another lesson, which is, um, you know, don't just, you know, review your values and, and compare it to your plans and, and look to see if there's a gap. And I think it's that that we would have found uh, or maybe thought differently. How much sleep have you lost throughout all of this? I will tell you, um, since uh, taking over CEO, I do not sleep the same. And, and it's not a complaint, by the way. It's I wake up, I think anyone who's got a mission of significance, this is probably the most, not probably, this is the most exciting role I've ever had. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm in my you know, mid to late 50s and I, I, just, I just don't sleep as much. Um, certainly leading up to the announcement, it was a lot of work internally as a team. Like we had forecasted that we were going to launch this new pricing in January. We announced that sometime in July or August, I think. And, and started to get the feedback then. Yeah. And then, and then that's yeah. when the work began. Um, when we saw that this was a challenge and a need, I don't think the sleep pattern changed. It was still a pattern of, of, of not sleep. But I think what changed is the, you try not to kick yourself too much because you got to focus on moving forward. Um, but maybe that's when you choose, you know, look, look critically is, is when, uh, when you have that free time. So whether it's, you know, after dinner or in the middle of the night or early in the morning. Um, so yeah, it did, it did, I think affect everyone's, uh, you know, approach to the, to the last two weeks. So pivoting a little bit, um, and I know, like I said, you're going to talk more on accessibility on Wednesday with Main Menu. Please, everyone out there, um, give Main Menu a listen this coming Wednesday. Um, but for for our community members out there who are on fixed incomes or living basically paycheck to paycheck, mm -hmm. do you have um, do you have a goal focus or even just a personal? I think we will have some sort of um, access plan, uh, excuse me, advocacy plan going to to work for that portion of the community as well, timeline-wise, or or is it a goalpost that's already set? It's a, it's a goalpost. Look, I go, to, I go to all the, you know, conferences and communities, not just ACB. Um, I'm on a, you know, I have a lot of, I guess I call them now friends and, and folks who, you know, identifying that in that economic category uh, and it's tough well i am know? gonna i'm gonna interrupt you there and say you know looking going to conferences and conventions is that, not, not a broad no, swath I, of what our community yeah, looks like yeah go ahead that's what and that's fair that's even a, a better point i was gonna say um oftentimes it's sometimes it's even it's even older parents or it's um the spouse 
or it's a friend of someone who is, let's say, you know, subsidizing. Yeah, subsidizing. Like, and certainly yeah. we can learn more here, but we know, I mean, you, gosh, there's just so much. I don't know if the research is great out there. I, like if you, if you're, if your job is to go figure out how many people for blind or low vision live at different economic levels, mm, I would say that data is not there or it's old or it's, 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 it's hard to get to, but it's clear that as a community for, you know, reasons that should be changed. And I hope I was part of that, that uh, the economics are always going to be a challenge. So Absolutely, absolutely. I think it's a common. It's not just IRA. It's it's all accessibility tools, right? It's all forms of, you know, if you want to call it assistance or support, that need to be looked at. And our goalpost is not just for IRA. I think if we're going to be successful, it's going to be something that includes all of the forms, all of the tools. Obviously, IRA has a lot of control or has control over what we do. And so as we look at, you know, the goalpost of lowering the cost and perhaps disproportionately lowering the cost for people at those economic levels, we're not in a position today. Um, and I think some people worried that we were maybe to address a nuance. At one point we were asking, you know, what your level of income was as part of the intake question when um, signing up for a individual plan. and Clearly, we confused or concerned people that we were going to use your income as a as a test to see if you um, would get the uh, the offset or maybe some level of offset. The offsets are the same for an individual, no matter what their income is. The only question we ask if you're an individual. But even in thinking about that and, we, and, and how people reacted, then we turned around and said, well, maybe people think that Ira should have a different rate based on your level of income and the complexity and, and challenge on that is far beyond the ability today for reasons that we could look to pricing today like you know the the, the challenge we've had to date um, but maybe that is in the future but ultimately you know as we'll talk let's say on Wednesday the big picture is to um, is to establish visual interpretation as just another accessibility tool that then can attract more federal funding, you know, for, for any individual or to get, for example, more states like Alabama. So if you're a citizen of Alabama, turns out you get IRA for free for whatever you want, right? Like what a great, what a great opportunity. And maybe that is the, the vision, right? Like whether it's the state, the federal government or some combination, including, you know, private uh, business, um, that's, that's my dream. That's the dream. I think of everyone here is like, what if, I don't know, two years, 10 years, whatever it is, we look back and, and maybe there's more iris, maybe there's a, a variety of visual interpretation services, but what's established is this is a, a right. It's a, it's a tool. It's not magic. It's just a, a way that, um, you know, visual information can be relayed that has benefit to people and, and it's, um, and it's and it's had impact on those who use it. So, I suppose that's the goal. The goalpost is in you know two to five to ten years, whatever it takes. Um, it's it's free to use. 
So I've got two more serious questions for you, but I'm going to pop in a quick fun one just to lighten the mood for a moment. Uh Um, Janine, our mutual friend, and I think if there's anyone in the community who doesn't love her, I, I, you know, give me a call because I don't think there's anyone out there. She's taken a, you know, huge um, brunt of having to field. Anything you want to say to Janine? Boy. Yeah, I can almost get emotional about this. Uh, yeah, I saw some of the comments out there. And if anyone knows Janine, I mean, yeah, she's smart. She's dedicated. She's articulate. Um, we, share the, uh, we share the belief in transparency. Yet, I, yeah, I, I'm with, with you. I, it, was, it was just hard to imagine how people were... were we're talking about Ira, but if, if in those cases that made it personal, it, 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 I think it hurt us all, even though Janine's really tough and, you know, she's telling me, oh, don't worry about it. That's social. Um, you know, Janine knows this, but uh, we, we had a company meeting, I think last, let's say it's Saturday, it's Thursday. So, or Wednesday, Wednesday, our company meeting. And uh, we took a moment to thank Janine because again, as a small company with one person on point, um, she did a fantastic job. She's been with me on a lot of the podcasts, and she also was definitely part of the pricing project. Um, and without her, um, God knows what a mess we would have made. But uh, she was there both to to help us get to where we are, and then you know, be that voice out in the community, which, as you can see, sometimes is is thankless. But I also know she has a lot of fans, and. Uh, and everyone here, including the agents, are, are fans of fans of. All right, I I think we've done a really good job of covering how, what, when, where, um, why. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I like I said, I have two more, and the first one is, what do you want to say to the community about? I I don't really want to call it a breach in trust, but the. the issue that there might be some trust issues with Ira right now from our community. What, what do you, how do you want to address that? Well, I want you to watch what we do, you know, at the core, look at the value of the service. Like when you make that call, how long do you wait? You know, what is the quality of that agent? We think we can get better. I want you to look at the quality of the quote unquote software, the technology, the breadth of, solutions that we provide like we you know worked real hard in this last year to make it possible for those who want to use uh, glasses we've added it to the blind shell we feel like we're just getting started we've got the desktop so um judge us on our actions and, and know yeah i know that myself anybody at ira um don't really want to say this but you know people aren't working here like you would at a, a large tech company where there's you know, high salaries and, and a lot of perks and a lot of benefits. Um, yes, we are startups, so people are working 50, 60, 70 hours a week, um, but it's because they love it, and it's because of the interaction that we have with you, sometimes indirectly, like, you know, through the agents. Um, and, yeah, just, no, just I'm, I'm going to tell you, you just have to trust it, but, you know, again, look at our actions. We're here for the long term, and you know we're we're here to deliver a service that empowers you, and and that's what I want you to judge us on. We will make mistakes. We're a small company, 
you know, we're, we're trying to move fast, despite, you know, in some cases we have to move at the pace of, you know, bureaucracies and, and other and other forms. And we do need and want to increase the engagement with, with each of you as we have more capacity to do so. But gosh, I just want everyone to know that the decisions we're making are not done lightly. And, um, and it's really, we're always trying to think about the mission. We're always trying to think about how do we establish visual interpretation um, as a service and a value that benefits benefits folks at the lowest cost possible. And um, and uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's what I would say. Judge us through our actions and judge us through how we recover. Right. So when we do make a mistake, you know, judge us on how fast and how quickly we move to a better position. Which is you're going to see more of that in the next uh, in the next year. My dad, who was a guy who kind of lived or at least taught my sister and I, but through mottos, um, always said, you know, you have to crawl before you walk, you have to walk before you run, and you can't do any of that without stumbling a, a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. So, you know, here's some changes. Here's a couple of, I hope, minor stumbles. Do you think with that, with this, these changes and some advocacy, Ira is going to grow and and be here five years from now, ten years from now, twenty years from now. I do. I was thinking about what my team would say, what Kevin would say. We're we're very optimistic about the future. You know, we have a product, and we collectively, and I mean that when I say collectively, it's really the. Again, we started as a company like, oh, you're going to wear Google Glass, and Ira's going to be for navigation and. What that did is it got us in the game of how do we make the greatest value out of this two-way communication with sophisticated technology? Um, you know, a third of our calls are based at the computer, but we are on such good footing, despite I would say a lot of economic turmoil. Like we've been, we've been working with I don't want to say hand tied behind our back, but kind of in rough waters, right? Like the company um, was reformed right through COVID. Um, now we hit a period where there's economic uncertainty, um, things that obviously none of us can control. And even, even, even though, and even though there's been a lot of public um, discussion, overall, the feedback we get on a daily basis on our agents, the feedback we get from our access partners is all very positive and we continue to grow. And I think when the waters are even calmer, you know, globally and, and locally, and we get past some of these mistakes that we've made and, and arrive at a better place. We're just going to continue to move forward. As, so as long as we continue to deliver a service that you all want, um, there's a market for it. And we're making adjustments, as you just saw, so that we can not, so we can grow and be sustainable. Right. And so with that, I, I, I'm, I'm very bullish on, Ira being here in two, five years. And I do mean what I say. I, I, I look forward to the day that there's even another service out there that further reinforces. Be My Eyes is a, a great service and they, they help establish the concept, um, but it's not a professional service, right? So it's not one that businesses um, can deploy, um, you know. Competition makes the market, yeah. Right. And so, so yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think um, Irish and visual interpretation in particular just becomes another form of uh, accessibility that, you know, years from now we go, yeah, of course, just like screen readers, right? There was a time 
when uh, screen readers were not ubiquitous and not everyone knew about them. And, and now, like, you know, you would not even consider um, you know, asking someone to, you know, accomplish a task without a screen reader. Just, I don't even know how to express it, but you're like, yeah, how would that work? Um, I, I hope visual interpretation gets somewhere in that category soon. And, uh, and I hope Ira's at the front of it. Well, I promised you earlier that you would have the opportunity to make the personal mea culpa, so to speak. And I really think it is important for them to hear it from you. Um, so tell our listeners if you want to, you know, if you want to kind of go word for word for, from your statement. No, but I don't want to go word for word. Talk to our I, listeners. Yeah. Yeah. To those who don't know me and obviously those who do, I think, I hope you understand that myself, and I'll even speak for my staff because I think they would they would be sitting behind me wanting the same thing. Yeah, we we're we're disappointed. Um, we're disappointed that we didn't think through enough and didn't you know invest the time in advance, and then ended up with a situation where it was confusing, where it was insulting that we didn't provide the information in the way that you expected. And I'm just going to use that as a broad term. So there's, there's so many different little elements when we, when we parse it apart, but you know, the big one, it's like, you know, what are the prices? What are the offset prices? Why do I have to call in? Why are you asking me about income? Why aren't purchase minutes at the same price? There are like a lot of mistakes. And I, all I, all I can say is that, Hey, Hey, we're sorry. We'll, we'll get better. And we're making some changes. I think the other one, you know, as we took stock, we already had had plans to do some hiring in 2023, and that included um, adding more more folks from the community with focus on consumers, with focus, and when I say consumers, I mean individuals and explorers, um, and, and really this just kind of reinforced that we're not spending enough time with the community. Like, we could collectively be moving faster, have more value, you know, deliver better outcomes. Um, and, and my apologies for that, not, not getting on that sooner. So um, I hope, I hope what you hear is a, a really sincere and I have the same commitment I did before the pricing change. It's really hasn't changed. It's honestly, you guys have inspired me a bit. Um, not that I need it. I feel like I'm pretty inspired, but what, what I took away is, <laughs> well, here's what I took away. I, you know, like I told my team, like, yes, we, we you know, we screwed up in some cases. Um, you have a community that really cares about this product. I mean, if you had a product that people didn't care about, you wouldn't be getting this feedback. And yeah. let's remember that. And we owe it to the community. We owe it to ourselves to do the best possible job. And therefore we need to learn from our mistakes and not just as a checklist, but make some structural changes and 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 move forward and and pick up and move on. So I do appreciate um, everyone's passion and as and and i I will always be looking for the feedback, even if it's it's on social, even if it's negative, negative feedback is some of the best because you know without it, you don't know what people are thinking. You don't know that you're headed in the wrong direction. So I really do applaud. And I, I tell my colleagues who don't work in the accessibility space, I'm like, hey, 
one of the benefits of working here is that you will hear the good and the bad. And that's not true in all industries, right? Sometimes people will just, I don't want to call it quiet quitting. That's more about work, but people just abandon platforms and the, you know, the company doesn't know why they have to spend a lot of time and energy to go figure it out. Um, I don't want to rely on that, but I just want to, again, thank everyone for their patience and, and apologize on the, uh, on the behalf of myself, because I'm the leader and, and the buck stops here, but you know, even for my team, because I think they would equally, if they were with me, they would also, you know, have the same feeling. Well, Troy, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come to Sunday Edition and and honestly be a little bit vulnerable with us. Um, the fun part in the beginning was was definitely fun. And, and I hope we can meet again in a few months and talk about some some successes. Absolutely. I, I, I suspect we will and, and I'll be back. And uh, I wish everyone a, a, you know, a great week and Again, keep keep the feedback coming. Uh, we'll we'll improve from that, and I hope that uh, you have a productive 2023. All right. Well, folks, stay tuned. We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to be back to a- answer all of your questions and take your comments. And Janine Stanley will be joining. All right. So I am going to ask Janine to step up and say hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. Wow, that was an interview, wasn't it? (laughs) Well, I I hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) Should I say Um, I enjoy any time my boss talks? But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask you real quick to just um, go through the basic structure of the offset, what it means, and um, how they can get the quickest answer of what they'll be paying if they're order if they're you know getting this service brand new sure so if you are a brand new person just getting an ira account after february 1st you are going to be looking at our 2023 offset pricing if you're an individual and we will ask you that when you set up the account now we when we made up the tiers of pricing we have silver gold and platinum we jokingly call them the metal plans and these were constructed based on a bunch of feedback over the years from people as to what they wanted so within each tier we have three different levels we have one star two star and three star and the reason that we set it up that way was because there are different different levels. If you are a casual user of uh, IRA, you're probably going to use a certain number of minutes if you use it more intensely, all the way up to if you use it for a personal, professional level uh, a lot, you're going to have different levels in there. And what we wanted to do was to make it available for you so you don't constantly have to buy extra minutes. That was the problem with our other uh, pricing plans was that, you know, they were out there, but you ended up wasting a lot of minutes. So silver one star plan, that one is going to be 15 minutes and that is $26 a month. Silver two-star plan is 30 minutes for $50 a month. And I'm sorry, these are all in U.S. pricing. Um, We do have the alternative pricing available on the website in, in other currencies that we serve. So 30 minutes for $50. And silver three-star plan is 50 minutes, five zero minutes for $84. Then we, and actually with the two-star and the three-star plan, 
you can share that plan with one other person. So we opened up that sharing level to the 30-minute uh, plan, which everybody wanted. So there you go. Our Gold Star plans. Um, Gold Star 1 is 80 minutes for $132. 120 minutes on Gold Star 2 for $200. And... 220 minutes for $356. And on each of the gold plans, you can share that plan with two other people. So you see we're, we're kind of actually, I but yeah, it is two other people. Um, broadening it out here to spread the cost. Then we go to the platinum plans. And most people, honestly, unless you're sharing these with a group, you're probably not going to be too interested in these. But we were asked to provide some higher level plans, so we did. Platinum One Star is 300 minutes per month, and that is $480. Platinum Two Star is 500 minutes per month. And that one, and I can't read my own Braille, um, is 600 at, wait a minute, see, can't read my own Braille there. Yes, $760, there we go. And then the Platinum 3-star plan is 800 minutes a month for $1,160, and those are the offset prices. Now, on the Platinum plans, you can share those with four other people, so you can have up to five people on one of these plans, which kind of makes that Platinum 3-star not look quite so bad. Right now, though, I want to tell everybody, as Troy said, you can still get the ACB 2022 plans, and that's the 30 minutes for $20 or the 140 minutes for $99. You can still get those from customer care. You can get them through January 31st, and if you want to grab one, please do. All of our plans now, if you want to do anything related to your plan, you'll have to call customer care, and they will be able to set that up for you. We've turned that off in our app that's out there right now, and I can tell you about that shortly, because that's going to be the new fun thing we'll be talking about. Mm. But here's uh. something, yeah, yeah, well, here's something I want to speak to, Anthony, because it really kind of speaks to what Troy was saying. When we put out our add-on minute prices Everybody went, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's why we flipped it back. Well, expect to see some different pricing. We're, we're working it out right now because we priced those add-on minutes at the retail price of $4 a minute. Well, that's crazy. Okay, that's crazy making. So uh, never fear because that pricing may very well uh, let's just say if Janine has anything to do with it, but they'll get sick of hearing me, so I'm, <laughs> I might, but um, the, you're going to see some different pricing on the add-on minutes, the purchase minutes, uh, as of February 1st. So believe it or not, I got 13 emails basically asking the same question. Uh -huh. The five minutes, are you going to yank it away nope. at some point mm -hmm. in the future? Maybe way in the future, but five-minute free is what we give back to the community. It's very important. And a lot of you operate on five-minute free because that's what you've got. Now, what we may do is change it for our paid customers. Right now, you get one five-minute free call, if you're a paid customer, every 12 hours. We may change that. We're not sure. 
But for the other folks who get one free call every 48 hours, that will not change. Uh, the free call will stay. Frequency may change a little bit, but I think going past 48 hours is, you know, a little much. So I'm not going to say it's not going to change, but it's not going to go away. All right, folks who want to make comments or ask Janine questions, um, please get those hands up. Um, but I'm just going to summarize instead of asking questions. I'm just going to summarize another popular question that came in this week. Um, if and when the uh, decision is made post 23 for the plans that we are all switching to so that we can get the best pricing possible, um, please give us a significant amount of time to understand, digest, and make decisions based Ooh. on that. Yeah, there's been a bunch of questions. I'm not going to go through them. Um, I, I think Troy did a really good job of explaining the thought process. And I love how he said, you know, if at all possible, that's not going away at the end of 2023. Right. All right, let's jump over to Clubhouse first. Chanel? Um, we do not have any raised hands currently. Oh, wow. All right, just break <laughs> in and let us know if, if hands will. go up. And uh, Sheila, I know I heard a couple hands go up, so he's up did. first. Jeanette. Hi, Jeanette. Hello, Janine. First of all, I want to tell you that when I subscribed to Ira in 2016, you had to wait six months before you ever got on a plan. And a lot more was expected of us technically. And so I think that it is a credit to IRA that they have been able to assist people who are less technically qualified um, and, and less technically comfortable um, to be able to use the service. Now to my question. I know that after 2023, um, my husband and I will no longer be able to afford having individual plans and we will for the first time have to go to a shared plan um, and while for me that is a disappointment um, I would do that before I would give up the service my bigger concern is that what I'm beginning to see is that there are times when calls are not being picked up um, and in the instances where I have observed it, one as late as yesterday, I have literally been in situations where I wondered if the call wasn't picked up, if I would be stranded where I was, because there was literally no assistance available. So my question is, is Ira currently struggling with having the number of agents it needs to provide its stellar service? That is a great question, Jeanette. And many of you know, and to reiterate, Jeanette's question is about um, agent staffing, basically, and uh, availability of agents and call uh, waiting the time that you are on hold. So, as many of you have experienced and been frustrated by, uh, probably since last spring, um, we have had some serious periods of uh, high call volume. We put in place a couple measures to try to work with that call volume. 
And one of those was Priority Connect, where our paid customers could get in, and our five-minute free customers were not permitted to get in. And that helped a little bit. Um, I am going to say we are always hiring people, always, always, always. So if you know someone, please send them to us. We have done a lot of things behind the scenes with personnel and scheduling and really taking a look at how many people we need for the time. You know, there are the really busy time periods. Unfortunately, the economy has uh, done to us what it's done to uh, many other businesses, and we have uh, labor shortages. It's just really hard to find people. Now, as we see more and more layoffs, that could that pendulum could swing the other way. But uh, we realize and we constantly are working on making sure that we have people at the right times because our service, when you come down to it, is also a safety kind of concern for people. You don't want to be stranded somewhere. You need to get visual information about what's going on, when the next bus will be, where your ride is, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a safety component in there, and we're keenly aware of that. Also, if you have been on hold for, I'm going to say, longer than, and I realize when you're on hold, it feels like hours, okay, and it may have only been minutes. But if you're on hold for more than eight minutes or so, please hang up and call back. Um, you may go to the bottom of the queue, but you also may get right in. The call volume is that flexible on the weekends. And another thing that you can do also is... And this is going to sound totally counterproductive, but for those really small tasks where you just need someone to read something, we recommend go ahead and use Be My Eyes. It's okay if it's something where you need security, (laughs) if it's something where you need, you know, navigation or some additional info. Hey, give us a call. But if it's something small, you know, you can use Be My Eyes. That's fine. Save your minutes. All right, Sheila, who's up next? Margie. Thank you, Jeanette, by the way. Hey, Margie, welcome back. Oh, there's Margie. Good good, good morning or afternoon, wherever you are. Um, A couple comments. The first thing I want to say is if we expect the service to grow, we must be advocates, just like we were with ATMs, APSs, et cetera. We just got Sacramento Airport online in December, and the first answer we got was no, and they couldn't do a single source. Well, I'm a former federal employee and I explained they can. And we went to airport, the airport manager. And within a couple of weeks, we had it on board. So don't expect Ira to do our work for us. Wherever you want it, go to high management, demonstrate yep. the service. It's really yep. important because we're the ones that need it. And we will sell it quicker than Ira could possibly sell it as a company. You got it. The other thing I want to say, um, I'm one of those kind of dingy people. And as I'm listening to this call, I'm going, oh, crud. You know, I just had hand surgery. I never even thought to have Ira read my discharge papers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. It might Uh be nice if Ira could put out some tips um, of how we could use it because you know, I just don't think of those things. I'm, that's not my brain set so far. And I've used it for a couple of years. Now, the last thing I want to say is one of the things ACB and AAVL pushes is aging in place. Mm-hmm. And how better yes. can a senior age in place 
then they have such a quality service to help mm -hmm. them in their home. So the other thing we have to do is get the word out beyond NFB, beyond ACB, into our senior community, into our senior centers. And um, I think that's both our job as AABL and Ira's job. Thank you. Thank you, Margie. Thank you, Margie. And one of the organizations that we are really taking a serious look at because they're taking a serious look at technology to age in place is that four-letter word AARP, the largest advocacy organization in the United States. And it could be argued they're not an advocacy organization, but um, so many things have come about because of AARP. So we are keenly aware and uh, have some leads there as well. So, you know, you're exactly right, Margie. Advocacy is hard because we're the only company at the level that we're at providing the service. So everybody looks at us and says, well, sure, you want visual interpreting because you're going to gain. Well, we will you know, now, but who knows five years from now what the market will look like. Somebody may come up with an amazing idea. Maybe Apple will, you know, who knows? Uh, but, and we certainly hope that. Absolutely. And Troy spoke about that position that's um, currently being created. So hopefully there'll be a lot more opportunity to take direction from Ira and run with it rather than mm -hmm. waiting for Ira. Um, Janine, I think you should come back in uh, two or three weeks. We did it a, a couple of years ago, but I think we should do an hour dedicated to, you know, best case uses of Ira. Oh, yeah. I know I constantly ask them to just type up a quick summary of information and email it to me so I can bookmark it, keep it. Mm -hmm. But we are being conscious of time. So Sheila, who's up next? Mike Tindell. Hey, Mike. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, I'm going to try to be brief. Janine, thank you so much for being here this afternoon and taking our questions and our, our thoughts and our comments. Um, I've been an IRA user since the very beginning, back when we paid, you know, $200 a month and we got unlimited IRA. Mm -hmm. And then it went down to 700 minutes. And, and, and now um, we're at 300. Looking at next year, if that doesn't change, we're going to go down to, you know, possibly currently would be 120 minutes. And I just want to say that I am a person who I do not use nearly all of my minutes. I use maybe 150 minutes a month, but I pay that plan because I don't want it to go away. I don't want to lose those 700 minutes in case there is ever a moment that I truly really need, need yeah. 500 of them and they're gone. And, you know. Um, so two things I would I would say. First of all, I want to thank Anthony and I want to thank Troy for the tremendous, and I do mean tremendous, interview that you gave us, Troy. I if 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 you're listening, I don't think you are, but you can hopefully get this back to you. I thank you for the candidness that you told us back in 2020 that the company almost went out of business. I personally know that to be true. And I also know that what he said, folks, is true. Um, and I thank you for just candidly telling us that. And I know that it takes, you know, everything in life, prices, things go up. And I have no problem with the price changes that, that, that we've made. Um, you know, I, I would like to say, though, maybe... Um, being optimistic, I hear that Troy also said in the interview this morning, 
you know, maybe things will change by the end of 2003 and the current plans will not go away. If that is true, that would be wonderful because I also know that there is no way that you can make it as a business having 20 cents a minute, you know, payment per call. That doesn't pay for one thing. That pays for nothing. And I also thank you for giving back those five minutes that we get every 12 hours. And I'm wondering if possibly it could be one of two things that I, I'm thinking. And before I say that, let me add one other thing. I would like to just say that, you know, Troy has mentioned several times that he's talked to people in the community. I would like to ask that someday Troy, give us a call. Those five, six, seven people who's been here from the very, very, very beginning of IRA, give us a personal call. There's not very many of us. And let's have a conversation about where you are, where you're going, and what we can do as explorers from way, way back and to help you. I would you. be happy but, to relay that to him, Michael. <laughs> and I'm serious. You know, I mean, there's not, you know, there's not that many of us, right? Uh, Mike, I mean, let's go to your comment or suggestion. Yep. And so, um, yep. And so, so, so my, 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 my comment is, could we possibly see maybe even half of the unused minutes that we use roll over every month? Or could there possibly be Maybe we do it once a year, but a bucket where we could maybe buy 500 minutes for like 350 just to hold on to in case we need them. Thank you so much. Okay. Those are two good suggestions. I can tell you for the first one, I'll give you the negative first because we'll end with the positive. So the negative is we are not going to implement rollover, folks. It's not going to happen. And here's why it's not going to happen, because we have a fairly small uh, market here. We don't have that many people. When you have millions of people, say, on a cell phone plan, you can do a rollover because you've always got people using the service, people using the commodity, where sure. with us, not so much. And, and I get that. Mm -hmm. All right. I think at this point, what I'm going to do, we're five minutes to the hour. Um, I'm going to take one more question before we um go offline sheila ron brooks hello hey, ron. Um, hello there hey so i want to just ask uh, maybe make a couple of suggestions and, and and these may not resonate well but i'll throw them out there anyway so one of the things that occurs to me is that when you're in a position of you know needing to find revenue you know, make money. I mean, bottom line. I appreciate the fact that IRA um, gives minutes away. They give them away to everybody, uh, whether you're a subscriber or not. Um, yeah, I have a pretty good plan. Um, I never use all my minutes, and I and I get all these free five minute calls, which I which I never ask for, and I don't really need because I have a plan that'll cover me that I pay for. And I can write it off as a business expense, or I can write it off as a medical expense for being blind. And I mean, it's it's doable. I, I wish that Ira, and I assume that the reason that this started was for promotional reasons to build a customer base. And I understand that. I, I wish Ira would think about two things. One, drop these calls. Um, if you want to build business, give people 30 minutes 
introductory service for free so they can get a taste for it. Um, and if you wanna take care of people that need help, create a foundation, partner with Be My Eyes, do something else, but people who have means don't need free and people who need free shouldn't be coming to a private for-profit business to get it. And there's certainly lots of models for how this could work. And I don't like the idea um, to, uh, of people who have the means having to subsidize the people who don't in a for-profit business. Um, there's, there's, and frankly, I, would, I might donate to a foundation because I could then write it off as a tax deduction. Uh -huh. So I really, I really don't like this approach and I wish you would look at it rather than doubling prices you might not have to, because I have a feeling there's a lot of free five-minute calls. Actually, you might be surprised, Ron, uh, but good ideas, and I will pass them along to Troy. But what I will also do is recommend that everybody, if you have ideas like these, please write them down, address them to Troy, and you can send those to support at ira.io, and our customer care team will get them to Troy. They'll get them to Kevin Phelan. Actually, he's our chief commercial officer, so he deals with the, the um, for-profit side, the actual... All right. Well, I want to first of all thank Troy so very much for the interview. I want to thank Janine for coming here and taking some more of the brunt of the IRA no, comments and questions. Not at all. I will <laughs> I will be back next Sunday with a surprise for the first couple of minutes of the show and then we will be talking about awards and uh, the awards the ACB awards and the leadership and legislative seminars. Um Thank you so much for brunching with us. And you can always get Sunday Edition at SundayEditionAC at gmail.com. Why don't we run the uh, outro? You've been listening to Sunday Edition on ACB Media. Stream One. That's American Council of the Blind Media or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Episodes drop every week at 1 p.m. on Sundays, and you can email us at Sunday Edition AC, all one word, Sunday Edition with the letters AC at gmail.com. Let's brunch again together next Sunday.